Corey Dickerson from the Washington Nationals joining us right now on FT Live. And we do this, Corey, when we get to, we do these every few weeks. Ten years, baby. Clap it up. Yeah, man. Yeah, Congratulations, thank you, thank bud. You. Yeah. That's, that's big time. It. Never thought I'd make it. <laughs> Never here, thought I'd make it. You're here looking good. And with yeah. all of that, it, yesterday was the day that you hit the 10 years. You you get a smoke out. You can't even play in the game and celebrate and pimp a homer. I know. It's day celebrate. off. Hey, can't beat that, I guess. Yeah. Hey, what it's did you early get a day gift? off. Did the boys do anything for you in the in the clubhouse? A cake, a gift, or anything? Did, did anything happen? Yeah, man. They gave me uh, – uh, I like to golf, so a sweet little golf bag, some Jordan uh, – I think some Jordan 4 golf shoes, uh, a couple bottles of whiskey, and, um, you know, had a good little little speech, little uh, Finnegan, put some stats out there and things like that. So it was really cool. It was, it was awesome for those guys to really do that for me. Bravo. Well done. That's sweet, man. That's really yeah. cool. Like, so then give me the next layer. Do you celebrate with the fam? Do you take some of your teammates out and be like, yo, let's mm -hmm. let's toast to this and also kind of give them the motivation of hopefully hitting that mark too because you're playing with a lot of young guys over there in D.C. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, my family, I got three kids. I got an eight, eight-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, and two-year-old little, two little girl. And uh, they came to the ballpark, hung out with me a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of young guys on this team. Um, I've always tried to pride myself in the way, uh, I am as a teammate. So trying to help somebody else, um, try to lead the way. So I look forward to, you know, definitely doing a lot of dinners with these guys. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy yesterday. We got in early and they already had stuff planned, but look forward to doing something, celebrate a little bit uh, with a few of the guys. Um, you know, the age difference in this clubhouse is a little different. He's, you're in New York? We're in Atlanta. You're in Atlanta. Oh, sorry, I had that yep. confused. Yep. Hey, question, question for you. Um, from playing against you from all these years, I remember you had such a and that swing, I said nasty swing, which means good in part. You would always get after. You were ferocious. You would attack the ball. Mm -hmm. And then as you got older, I saw when I'm playing third, I'm like, oh, shit. You developed this two-strike approach where you would yeah. widen your base and you wouldn't move nothing and it was just all hands. And I remember one at bat, you might have fouled like 10, 15 pitches off. I'm like, this son of a B. I mean, put the damn thing in play. <laughs> and then you did and you hit one off the yeah, wall. Yeah, so yeah. talk to me about your approach and hitting for all the young kids out there. Two-strike hitting for one. And for two, the adjustments you need to make day in and day out. Yeah, man, you know, you know how it is. Uh, but early in my career, it was awesome. Um, I never really thought about swing mechanics. So especially coming up with Tulo and all those guys, they were always super aggressive. And when I got caught up and made it up, I just, man, attacked the ball, attacked the zone and was very rhythmic. And the older I got, I, was, I got big into mechanics. And that kind of hurt me a little bit. But I've always been so competitive. Um, a lot of people don't know anything about my history or my past. Like, I've had tear, tore my labor, my bicep, had anchors, tore it again, never did a rehab, um, played with my shoulder, basically still tore, and um, just grinded my way, you know, to play every single day. And so, like, my will to win is what developed that two-strike approach. It was like, man, I'd rather – foul off 10 balls, hit a ball to you, then strike out. Like I hate 
giving that guy the gratification of striking me out. So that's when I kind of developed the, you know, in the big leagues, it used to be choke up a little. Now it's like, these guys are so good. I spread out, <coughs> no leg kick, um, and try to up my percentages. You know, I just weigh everything. And a bunch of these guys on the team have picked it up and, and you know, Lane Thomas, uh, Dominic, and it's really helped them out. Um, you know, just showing them what I do and what I think during those times. You know, I might go to it. You know, if a guy's on third and I'm facing Kershaw, why would I take my eighth swing when my eighth swing's probably not going to match up to that guy? You know, and so I can up my percentages and say if my contact rate is like a 50, 60% um, with my two-strike approach, why not get three chances at it? I love that. I love that. The competing part. That's how you get 10 years. That's when I reached out yeah. to you, like for 10 years, guys, I reached out to him and he was like, he goes, man, just exactly what he said. He goes, I can't believe I got it. It's been a grind. Yeah. Like, what are you more, what are you more pissed about? You missing your bicep session right now or mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that you've only made one all-star game in your career? Shoot, man. Yeah, that, that's kind of, both. Uh, yeah, like I, I think like I threw like when I was 16, I was I threw 93, um, played shortstop, never played outfield in my life. I had a surgery and uh, went to a hitting camp, had a surgery or whatever. Heard it there, had a surgery and I was playing football two months later um, and I never rehabbed it or anything. So I had to learn how to play the outfield when I went to college and pro ball and wind up finding out it's still tour and all that. But I, I really think I might not be where I am today if I, you know, was never hurt because I wouldn't have had to grind as hard or focus as hard on hitting. So I don't know. But the all-star game stuff, yeah, man, that's always been like it's so hard to make it. People don't understand. Like unless you have a name, it's so hard to, to make it. Even in 17 when I made it, I was hitting like, I don't know, like 330 with tw 13 or so. And Nelson Cruz was 300 with eight or so. And it was like, he was blowing me out of the water. But it was like, man, I might not even get in. And so it's always, you know, as a competitor, you always want to, those awards and things like that. But I really, it's the grind every day I love. All right. So have you ever heard the misnomer or do you believe it's true you're from the sip yep that hitters from the sip never really pan out you've heard that from scouts because i had a scout tell me that and i was like i heard that after i was done playing and why do you think they would say something like that uh maybe just the uh, same reason why there's not a ton of athletes out of that area there's so many athletes but you don't get to face great talent, you know, or like if you don't go to a SEC school, yeah. like you might not get seen or, you know, like if you go to a small junior college like me or, um, you know, you might get overlooked and they'll just like keep their eye on you and make sure you're still there and like kind of keep you hidden, um, things like that. But I don't know. I don't know why that stigma would be. Um, Maybe because baseball isn't year-round. It is now. But, like, when I was growing up, it's nothing like Florida and Georgia and California. You know, where kids are more interested in football, basketball, 
in Mississippi than just baseball. Yeah. Hey, have you ever gotten um, compared to Lance Nix? Because you, like, every Lance time Nick, I see no. you, yeah, you look yep. just no. your body type, your face, no, the no. way your hair is, dude. You and Lance Nix um, just looked exactly like each other. You guys had almost simultaneously the same swing. Yep. But you guys see that or no? Am I just? Oh, for things? sure. Big old Absolutely. muscles, yeah. the same smile. Mm. Absolutely, we, yeah. Just a chiseled jawline. Love we, it. We we got to find a Jeez. picture like that. So when I when I played with Pittsburgh, I was the oldest guy on the team by four or five years for the month I was there or whatever. But you've been there for a lot longer now. Being a veteran guy, do you find it more that you like we talked about earlier? But are you? Do you feel like you're leading the ki a younger generation more on that team, or do you find you sit back and you're you're just watching a little bit more? Yeah, man. I feel like I'm evolving so much. You know, you grow as a I'm so much different than when I was 24. And that's the, that's the hard thing is like, you can't balance both. You gotta be, that's what makes a superstar a superstar is like, you gotta be sold out on being selfish. I mean, this game is, is what it is. And to be good at anything, you gotta be, you know, completely locked in. And, you know, as I have a family and things like that, I get a lot of joy out of helping somebody else's vessel, you know, being able to, you know, have a, unique way of saying something or um, seeing something to be able to translate to these kids to be able to see and put it into play is unique and joyful. Uh, I think that's more lasting than, you know, say making an all-star game or something very personal that you work hard for. It's just like winning anything. It's just, you got to wake up and do it again the next day. It's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah. You reap the benefits of getting money and things like that, but Helping other people, the true joy that you get from that, um, there's nothing better. Hey, I'm, I'm looking back, doing some reflecting. I mean, this is only, I think, 2020 or 2021. Uh, I remember I wrote this down because it stood out. Adam Wainwright was talking about you in the playoffs and tell me if this rings a bell. And he was throwing a Vladdy comp for the way he said, you'll expand the zone and, and then it'll help you get um, – It'll, he said it'll help to get Knox. Does that is that ringing a bell? Was there a playoff? Uh, who was it? Cardinals? Was that Marlins in twenty twenty? Uh, I mean, we played we played the Cubs and then Atlanta in the playoffs. Oh, week. but he was on the broadcast. He was on the broadcast. Yeah, because okay, yes, yeah. I was like, when did they play then? So, yep. yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you can say it better than I can, but I want I want you to to talk about what Wayno was saying because I thought that was you hear like. Oh, Corey Dickerson's Vladdy. I'm like, go on. Yeah, I mean, it's just who you are as a hitter. Like, sometimes you can try to, like, you know what certain teams are going to do to you, certain pitchers. Um, and you can almost, like, for me, if you watch me in my career, I've toe-tapped, I've leg-kicked, I've no-stride. I, I can just kind of think and my body kind of does what, what my brain tells me to do, you know, and unique things like that. That's really helped me out in my career. But also if you get away from being who you are and not like that super aggressive that I am, then I start becoming a shell of myself. So like I do hit balls outside the zone. I do make contact outside the zone. So yeah, I'm not looking to swing at a ball, three balls outside, but also I do get hits that way. And if I try to like zone it in, me and uh, Goldschmidt had a long conversation about this. I think 
you have to kind of grow up taking pitches. You have to grow up taking a lot of pitches, taking your walks in high school, college. That that is not really learned at the big league level. I think you're too late at that level to really be an elite, you know, to be an MVP type guy and be able to take balls like that. So it really messes up with my approach whenever I try to be somebody else than what I am. Um, like, for example, like I can do different things. I remember Kibnis, um, shoot, I think you might remember this game. I hit two homers off Salazar, and I was struggling. Not bad, but I had like five Ks out of six at bats or something like that. I went in the cage, and um, I opened my stance up and hitting these lefty breaking balls, and I was like, man, this feels amazing. I struck out my first at bat doing my regular thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this new stance. Man, I hit six homers in five days, I think, and just take off. And that was like my swing all year in 17 and made the all-star team. You know, just listening to what my body says. I mean, that's you, that's you just uh, – sorry, Chris. That's you just no, you're good. constantly – that's the, the warrior in you. That's you finding any way to succeed. You're going to try mm-hmm. something different. You're going to listen to what your body's telling you. And if something's not working, you're going to find a way to make it work that day. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're just looking at you and your build. You're first off, how's the calf feeling? And secondly, how okay. have you adjusted uh, the way you take care of your body as you've gotten older and you realize maybe, hey, it's not so much lifting weights. It might be a little bit more stretching now. Yeah, man. So that's funny, too, because uh, like like I said, not a lot of people know much about me. But uh, like in 16, I got traded over to Tampa and I was DHing, and first time traded, I was like, man, I got to prove myself and things like that. Man, I woke up one day early in the year, and I couldn't sleep, like my back killing me. I was having to sleep on a hardwood floor at night. I wound up finding out I had two bulging discs in my back, sciatica down my leg. I weighed up, I got up to 230 that year, because I was coming up plantar fascia the year before. So I'm, I'm going to the field every day, taking four pills a day, like a Scalaxin, Voltaren, pain, uh, bone stimulator after BP, and I don't miss a B, don't miss the, a game, and I'm struggling. I'm hitting 190 in June, but I'm still hitting some homers or whatever. Chad Matola comes over. I get my average back up to 240 and finish with 24, but I'm hurting. Like, I'm miserable. Well, at the end of the year, they just, like – tell me to go home, no pills, nothing. And I realized like right then, like either I'm going to be done. Um, I'm going to have surgery and never play again. And talking to Justin Morneau, he's like, dude, never have surgery, you know, whatever. So I, I go full force into like the book, the supple leopard, Tom Brady's book, all this stuff. And I lose 30 pounds that year. Um, get rid of all my back pain. I start doing a bunch of, soft tissue work, uh, trigger point stuff. And I made the all-star team the next year and then the gold glove the next year. And I kind of, I'm really getting obsessed with like the whole Tom Brady method slash Kelly Sturette, the becoming a supple leopard book and just learning how to fix myself. And, um, my career kind of took another, you know, turn at that point, just realizing every day that you wake up, you, you guys know, you don't feel a hundred percent. I might be at 50%, Ever. but I know 
I know all these different modalities, these joint manipulations, trigger point therapy, hot and cold tubs, all those different things to get me to a certain level to that hour before the game to where your mind kind of shifts and things like that. So I never judge myself when I wake up. So that's kind of like my progression with the whole body thing and just staying in shape and listening to my body and how it feels. Yeah, that's cool. And it's working, obviously. So and it's important for people to know about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I also wanted to see what when you reflect back, your thoughts were about when you really had more adversity with the Rays after you had some success there. And then when you moved on, I remember multiple teammates back then when I spoke to them were like, man, you know, Dickerson's gonna have a chip on his shoulder after that situation yeah. too. You watch, right? Yeah. yeah, I always had a chip on my shoulder. I mean, I had an older brother always used to hold me down, beat me up and <laughs> things like that. Um, so I always grinded from when I was really young. Um, just love to compete. And, you know, if I play you in ping pong, I'm trying to beat you, you know, like even if I suck. And, um, yeah, man, when I got DFA'd, I still remember – that day writing stuff down like what I felt and stuff like that and um going into that you know saying I couldn't hit the high fastballs the reason why I got DFA'd or something like that so that's the reason why I really started choking up and stuff like that I went in the top of the league I think that year high fastball um to just to try to prove a point um and then got to win the gold glove which was cool but at the end of the year, our GM came up to me and was like, man, we would rather you try to hit a homer early in the count or early in the game than just get a single. I was like, man, you could have told me that back in May and not September. Yeah, I'm hitting 300, but I'm not, you know, hitting pumps and things like that. But, yeah, that definitely motivated me. It just, like, it made you almost see baseball in a different light. You know, it's a – you love the game, but you, then you get to the dirty business side of it, and you're like, "Dang, man, it's it can it can make you mad and kind of have different thoughts about it too." Hey, I got a fan question for you. Um, New country song says, "Can you ask Corey how he and other hitters prepare for a starter that's only thrown about 120 innings or so, most of it in the low minors?" So, and, and they're talking about tonight, right? So. And this guy throws gas, uh, Smith Schwarver, or Schwarver, I think. He's only pitched once, and, mm -hmm. and I saw it when I was watching the game with six screens going on, so I didn't even say how they say his name. But dude comes up from, from Atlanta, and he's another one of those arms. I mean, Atlanta's got many of them, right? So how do you prepare? Because you're a great prep guy. Like, how do you figure that out when obviously they don't have any – any ways to show you how he is attacking the big leaguers aside from, what, an inning or two? They'll have his tape, though, All right? right? They'll have his last start or yeah. something. Yeah, they'll have his tape. I always joke around with guys and say, does he have a heater down the middle? You know, like I'm sitting dead red, heater, you know, sometimes. Like, make sure my timing – I'm more about, like, arm action. Like, there's guys like Drew Pomerantz. He used to blow my doors off. You know, he's throwing 94, but it feels like 98. And it would be because of his arm, like his slot, like the way he takes the ball back, how quick does it come out of his hand, things like that. That's – what I'm looking at, like, how is my rhythm matched up with him? And if I can get my rhythm down, um, you know, that's where it go back to Adam Wainwright, you know, like I'm my best self whenever my rhythm is right and I'm on time, I can adjust to the breaking stuff. I just got to be ready for the heater. Um, 
Yeah, so a guy like that, you don't put any more film work in it. Like, if I watch too much film, I'm like, oh, this guy's getting pounded in. He's going to pound me in. Then they might not even pound me in, you know, but I'm thinking in. So it can really dome you up in a way, you know, at least for me. So I try to keep it simple and just really look at their arm angle and see see their action. I love that. That's the you and I have two similarities right there that I just heard you say. As does he have a fastball? Yeah. Well, then I got my approach. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm if I'm right, and then it usually doesn't matter what they're throwing. And I I'm here yeah, to usually accidents. I got my timing right. It doesn't matter what pitch or where they're throwing it. I like that because then you can just focus on yourself. You're not kind of they're mm-hmm. playing them up to be something they're not or worrying about an out pitch and this count. You're just like, okay, I know if I'm going good, hands on the fastball, stay balanced for the off speed, you got it down. 100%. You know, most of the time when you're like, don't swing at the high fastball, don't chase the slider in the dirt, you're chasing the slider in the dirt. 100%. Yep. So it's like, you know, man – just go up there and have your timing down. Rhythm and timing is hitting. And that's period. I don't care if it's off a machine. If you can be rhythmic and you can be on time, and that's where like people separate themselves because hand and eye coordination all works with your rhythm and timing. So to maximize mine, I just try to try to be, you know, synced up with this guy. The one thing I do do now um, is does this guy have hop? Now, if this guy has hop, I'll choke up, which makes my bat flatter, which now I'm on plane longer, um, and I'm shorter to the ball. Now, if this guy has a sinker, got more sink, then I'll put my pinky on the knob, the barrel drops more, I'll ride that zone longer that way. So it just depends on, you know, his fastball. If you point the bat backwards, it's already flat and as short as you That's can. True. So, I mean, just try it. I'm just saying. Uh oh! <laughs> uh oh! <laughs> you might give him. Hey, don't, don't, just don't, don't go down that. Yeah, I probably tried it. I, I <laughs> probably tried it. I guarantee you, I tried yeah. it. You tried I, a lot. I tried it all. Yeah, I tried it That's all. That's what got you to ten, though. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah congratulations, yeah. dude. Congrats, Corey. You, awesome. Man. Great to have you on, man. And yeah, congrats. Enjoy it, and go get him tonight. All right. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Appreciate that, guys. Cheers, man. We'll see you on the field soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Corey Dickerson of the Washington Nationals, the vet, 10 years. So, and we'll do that all all season long. We've done it with a few of the guys already this year because 10 10 means something in a variety of ways. Oh, yes. Get those benefits kicking in, the whole deal. Spicy Ball is back for BetMGM sports players. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Got to use that promo code SPICYBALL. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING.